0: Presented by theater in the now i'm your host as always michael block if you love the podcast make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts, audible google play spotify SoundCloud, or stitcher so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there it's 2022 and in this new year there is a new way to help support the podcast and keep the show going buy me a coffee is an incredible new platform where you with a loyal block talk audience can say thank you to your favorite host all you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit slash Block Talk and keep Block Talk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit Theatorthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Sometimes I feature some incredible guests at a certain moment in time, and then a lot happens since their first appearance that is not chronicled in podcast form. Now is the time to change that. This is an opportunity to have guests who have taken part in the quintessential block talk interview to come back and talk about what they've been up to and put a spotlight on some of their upcoming projects. Welcome to the first edition of the Block Talkback. And back on the pod is someone who may not have added a certain meat to her last name now that she's a proud homeowner in New Jersey. It's the always punctual, always functional Coco Taylor.
1: <laughs> okay, that's my Hello. new tagline. Hello. Which punctual, part? Punctual, functual, functional. It's
0: true, though. Um, I am honored that you, Miss Coco Taylor, are my first guest for the series.
1: I am honored to be your first guest. I am so happy to be back. It's been so long. It
0: has been. I mean, I, I've wanted to do this for a while, but I never felt like it was the right time because when, if it's too soon, it doesn't feel natural. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, number wise of episodes I've gone through a lot the past (laughs) couple of years. Um, thank you, world of wonder, Mm -hmm. but it just, now that you add the years to it and, and the things that have happened within those years, it feels right because it was a different time.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I, I remember recording my episode shortly after I won Miss Rock Bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in your apartment in Queens talking on a, on a microphone together. Yeah,
0: um, very, very different time. Now, I have to say that I was doing my normal prep work for this podcast and part of that includes stalking my guest socials, tagged photos on Instagram. I was scrolling on the tag photos and there is this beautiful twink and I'm like, wait, what, what, who, why was Coco Taylor holding out this twink on me? But it appears this twink saw you at a gig at Asbury and tagged you in a photo and I thought you had found me, uh, my future ex-boyfriend.
1: I uh, totally remember that twink. I was- uh, With Wendy- with Wendy Waxwood uh, doing uh, drag bingo down there, which I can do now because I'm a 45-minute drive away. Mm-hmm. And there was this group of four to five actors, you know, that very musical theater, summer stock type that was just in town for vacation in between their, like, you know, doing a hairspray in Tennessee or whatever they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and they were adorable. And yes, I should have brought them home for you. I mad.
0: I was like, this kid's cute. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's no actual relationship between Coco and this kid. I can't have him, but.
1: Correct. And he's an actor. So that's, you know, red flag number one.
0: Uh, excuse me. You are um, married to uh, an actor type. Yeah. And that's a red flag. Is that... Okay. <laughs> You're happily married, but it's fine. Happily, happily married. married, happily homeowning. Correct. I am. Well, a lot has changed since our first podcast.
1: It, it, it's crazy, hasn't it?
0: like yeah um so we're gonna start off with the first segment of the show it is called since you've been on (laughs) i like puns i'm sorry people I, i i love a pun too it's good well let's start there for you in general what has changed what is new since you were last interviewed in your podcast in may of 2018
1: i mean episode 64 um I, what has changed for me? So, like I said, that was directly after I had won Miss Rock Bar, which was the first Mm -hmm. competition that I had won. That turned into an amazing relationship with Rock Bar and I had won a year of weekly shows. And then uh, I stayed for another year because you can't get rid of me. So I did a weekly show for the first time and then ended up doing it for two years in a row. which was lovely and amazing and got to shepherd through many more seasons of Miss Rock Bar. And since then, and in the two years of not having a weekly show, uh, I have been focusing on doing cabarets and theater pieces.
0: Yeah, I mean, how, how has that been in general? How has the transition been from corporate drone drag queen, once a week drag to creating these um, stage pieces in it's,
1: drag, yeah, in drag. It's it's been, uh, a, in in ways more work and less work. Mm-hmm. You know, weekly show is more work because you're there once a week, getting into drag, coming up with new numbers, trying to keep the audience engaged. Uh, with these cabaret shows that I've been doing at the at the Laurie Beachman at Caveat, it's more advanced work. So it's getting the show done. Um, in terms of American Teen Princess, it's wrangling all the drag queens. And with the, uh, the Simpsons, uh, with my fellow co-creators, it's been wrangling us all together to get into a room to rehearse before getting on stage. So it, it's, it's been different um, in the way it works, but I've been loving it. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to
0: put your producer hat on.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to set rehearsals, you have to set times, you have to think ahead of things. Um,
0: Which is something a lot of drag artists in New York City just don't know how to do. Nope. I'll be the first to say it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, You know, I am, like we say, I am punctual. uh, I am functional. And showing up on time to a gig is not the way I work. I show up early. uh, And then sometimes when you show up early to a gig, you are actually three hours before anybody else gets there.
0: Yep. I, I I recently had a chat with someone who wants to do a viewing party of a certain show mm-hmm. um, and I reached out to them and I said your passion is there but do you have the business plan? They're like what? And I was like alright let's talk like you just don't you can't just say I want a show and so oh. show happens. I mean it does happen to certain people mm-hmm. um, and then we watch it fail but you, you, th- there, there's a reason why um I was nominated for two years for uh, best event
1: producer because I fucking knew how to throw out a fucking event that works. It's hard to, and I, so Mr. Taylor has always had the best advice, especially when I started Miss Rock Bar and doing the weekly show. He's, he's like, it's easy to get your friends and fans to come to your first show. Exactly. It's harder to get them. And it's more important to get them to the second, third, fourth, fifth.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there was an announcement for a show uh, today, and I was talking with our dear friend Jim Silvestri about Mm it, Um, and he's like, yeah, it says like there's a limited run for it, I said, yeah, it's because the venue wants to try them out, it's going to fizzle by the end, they're going to get rid of them, and start a brand new um, six week run for a new artist, who's going to do the same thing. This is how the bars work, and that's why they are problematic. Yeah, You need the producers to know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You need to build a brand. Look at us already getting bitter at the beginning of this podcast.
1: <laughs> we're, we're old now. We're bitter. God, those sweet young things four years ago right? on that episode. I don't know who they are anymore.
0: All right. So since you've been on, let's, let's talk about a couple things. How long does it take you to get into drag? Your answer in 2018 was
1: two hours. Two hours. If I am rushing and... If I know what I'm doing, like I have a face now, it's the face that I put on. I don't try anything new. Um, I, I'm a good 90 minutes, no intermission. Right, okay. And that, that is literally from shaving my face to walking out the door.
0: All right, not bad, not bad. None. How many Miss Rock bars have been crowned?
1: Oh God, not math, not asking me to do math. It's easy, this one's easy. It's easy, it's, it's three. Um, the lovely Nicolonoscopy after me, uh, Victoria Williams, who was recently uh, stepped down. And then the new current Miss Rockbar, Miss Chola Spears. Yep, yep, yep. How many new wigs and looks have you had? Oh God, not enough. I'm lazy. <laughs> um, no, no, I have, actually, I have actually invested in my drag. Um, I've been working recently with uh, Miss Acacia Forgot, of Forgot mm-hmm. Locks, uh, who did a whole, part of it was, I was doing a pageant, so I had uh, new wigs made for each category, but those have become my wigs. Um, So let's say I've added like six or seven new wigs. All right. um, And then I've settled on a silhouette that I have made for me in dress form. Uh, So I've had like maybe six or seven of those made in different patterns and prints. Mm -hmm. Um, How
0: many gay bars have come and
1: gone? Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't make me try to remember. This is the in-memoriam section this of this
0: podcast.
1: Now I got to think of, um, like, what died, like, fairy Tale Lounge, <laughs> Splash. No, those were gone before that podcast. Those were gone before so, that podcast. Okay. So
0: we have to say goodbye to um, Boxers, 1, mm-hmm. 2, 3, 4, 5, 17. Yeah. Um, uh, therapy.
1: Therapy. Posh. I, posh. Uh, uh, Boots and Saddle, the second edition. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got the new ones, like Q mm-hmm. and Hush. Yep. I, I, I have uh, been to, but not performed at these places. Um, my friends always make fun of me because they always say I constantly am having debuts. Like, yeah. you're deb- debuting at this bar, you're debuting in this state, and then um, I just have to keep having debuts.
0: What did it say about the drag scene and the gay nightlife scene that Bars can come and go so quickly. Or, I mean, let's to be honest. When we first spoke, this was B.C., before COVID. We're in
1: D.C. during COVID? Um, <laughs> is that a factor, too? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I will just say it is hard. It is hard to keep bars going. It's hard. There, there's, a, there's a threshold, I'll say. There's, there's a point where you run long enough as a bar or as a drag show that you become a mainstay, you yeah. know? Uh, like my, my home rock bar. It is a mainstay. It has stood the test of time. Um, But there's a, there's a threshold where you have to get there. And before that, you are on the precipice of you are in danger of closing down or um, having your show taken out from underneath you because no one's showing up. Yeah. How
0: many glam awards have you been nominated for? Oh
1: God. That's, that's a good question. I know this year, I'm nominated for comedy performer, in addition to Miss Rock Bar being a competition and something with members only. Boy, last we get so many. Um, last year was comedy performer, and I think breakthrough artist the year before. Let's say five, maybe not bad, not bad.
0: Yeah, um, this is eight for me. hmm hmm
1: mm-hmm. Lucky mm-hmm. number.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this one's gonna be it, but no, 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 Bun Bun, bun and Money, Sex, Change are gonna win, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> it's, fine. it's a popular vote, I know how it works. Um,
1: but I'm gonna look amazing no matter what. I'm very excited to see.
0: How many drag children have you had and how many drag babies have come to New York City? How many oh, have been born?
1: God, uh, born, I'm gonna say infinity because we had so many <laughs> Halloweens Um, And so many COVID quarantine
0: moments. And so many COVID
1: quarantine moments. Um, I only have one child and they're not really around. Um, I have a very good friend, uh, a cisgender woman who wanted to do uh, masculine presenting drag. Uh, And so they became my drag son uh, Mm -hmm. by the name of Bathtub Jim. Mm And did one or two things with me at Rock Bar. And then moved back to the West Coast. So my children have left me already.
0: All right, all right, all right. How many shows have opened at Lincoln Center
1: Theater? Oh, God. Was this four years ago? Yeah, uh, May 2018. Let me put on my day job hat. Um, We normally do three upstairs, three downstairs, and then one or two in the Beaumont per year. So Seven, eight, usually a year, times four years. Oh, God, I'm going to say 20. Okay, okay. Yeah. We had some, How, we had, we, My Fair Lady was a long run, so. Right. Yeah.
0: How has um, COVID affected your day job?
1: Um, thank God Lincoln Center Theater has all the money in the world and kept us on. Uh, so I never went on hiatus. I never went on furlough. Um, I work in the marketing department, so we actually had a lot to do. During the pandemic, we never stopped working. We had digital programming. We released full shows to be watched online. Um, and now we are back and selling shows again. So um, while I'm not in the office, I'm still working from my uh, new home in New Jersey. Um, work has continued, which has been lovely.
0: Do you have a work from home setup?
1: I do, I do. We got a, a, a desk, which we did not have before, in a guest room, which is crazy because we did not have before. Um, but other than that, I don't have anything. I don't have like a crazy screen. I don't have um, like a snack drawer here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just my desk and my laptop.
0: Have you asked Lincoln Center for a snack drawer? I have not.
1: I, you I should, I should, I should have them send me snacks
0: yeah i mean if they're gonna have it at work and you're still working for them they should give you the same perks at home yeah exactly we'll see i'll ask for it how many marvel movies have been released oh god
1: so you don't many. have to give me
0: the exact ones but Yo. since then what has been your favorite one now i have not seen the last three
1: okay uh i have actually been I... really bad and not seen all of them either um how dare Although, you. No, no i have i think the films i have it's the it's the shows that i haven't kept up on
0: that's but, fair that's fair
1: yeah because there's a lot but like uh right on christmas eve i saw spider-man um i haven't seen it yet i forget what the subtitle is i always call it spider-man come from away which i know is not the film
0: mm-hmm.
1: um Shang-Chi really loved
0: i'm going to probably watch that tonight um yep. i haven't watched it yet
1: um, it, it is and a I, good... I know The
0: Eternals is coming to Disney Plus I think next week
1: so. that's the one that I missed that's the one that I missed so I will be watching that on Disney Plus when it comes in yeah
0: um, how many Taylor Ham egg and cheese sandwiches have you had since being in New Jersey
1: <sighs> are we ca- just counting the ones I get when I'm out or the ones that I make at home because I started making them at home too
0: oh so you yeah. know how to buy it now you know how oh, to go to the, the I... grocery stores in new jersey and see a whole section of taylor ham but oh, yeah. when you go to new york you're like what well, what is this it there
1: you mean uh, at Shoprite, my local shop right where i can Stop go right and get... we save no nope. uh i i uh can get taylor ham both in the log form and in slices uh not in log it's like a chunk
0: i know you don't okay 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 that's fine no, so, okay. That's how so, the delis do it. They cut the delis it, and it's, cut it. And, but they use the deli slicer. So it's cut perfectly. If you do it at home, it's never going to be perfect.
1: So here's a, here's a, here's a fun recipe. Um, so I've had countless Taylor ham, egg and cheese, uh, which I get the slices for. Uh, when I buy the chunks, I actually use it like spam. I'll cut it into chunks and put it into fried rice. So it's like a Taylor oh. ham fried rice. Yeah. Okay. So it's called
0: Jersey Fried Rice.
1: Jersey Fried Rice. You know.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. I think you should market that. Done. <laughs> um. I mean, especially like you. You and Mr. Taylor open up a restaurant or or a, a truck, um, a food truck. Yeah. There you go. There it is. That is. All right. So this is a question that I asked in the podcast. We're gonna see if the answer is still the same or if you have a new one. What drag artists have you yet to work with that is still that is on your wish list? Your answer then was suddenly Seymour have you gotten to work with Sutton? No. I,
1: say? You know, I will say there, there are two things that have prevented that. Uh, um, geography, both yes. in her working mostly in Astoria and going to Mexico. Um, and I mean, she has such a strong co-creator already with Cacophony mm-hmm. um, that there's not really been an opportunity, but I mean, if she ever comes back from Mexico for an extended period of time and Wants to be in a little theater piece. uh, I would love to. to
0: All right, fine. Let's get number two. Who's number two? Who's maybe a new person that has arisen since that first podcast.
1: First podcast. Somebody. Oh, somebody who I have seen around and is very smart and I feel like has similar, uh, uh, thinking to me that i would love to work with uh is uh, hanukkah Lewinsky. oh yes 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 yeah like uh she i saw her at drag wars once um i saw her at pieces and she's smart and her mixes are so good plus mm-hmm. she's a theater girl so i yes, think she is. uh it, she would do very well in like a a, a long form beachman show like i do
0: well, there you go. They're, they're a, new, a new relationship to form. Who knows? Mm-hmm. This is a question that I asked you on the podcast. I want to hear your answer and, and see how you feel about it.
1: God, I feel is like it's a really game.
0: I know, right? Is the drag scene still competitive? Are rivalries still building naturally?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, the drag scene is very collaborative in that everybody is helping each other. But what I've seen now that I've stepped away from the weekly gig world, is how much people fight for them. And there are people who have them and uh, work very, very hard at building audiences. So they have them there every week. And there are people who don't have them who think they should. Some of them very obviously should. And some of them um, are begging for some sort of bar gig, weekly gig. Um, And it just makes me so glad that I'm not in that world.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to watch because obviously I've been away for a year because of I physically had to be away. Yeah, um, I'm still active. I still see what's going on. I'm still oh, yeah. doing the podcast and talking to people, so I'm still present. Whether you baby queens know me or not, mm-hmm. um, but I, it's just watching the the difference of how the younger generation now feels a little more entitled. Mm-hmm. They feel like they deserve. Um, Because a lot of there have been a lot of queens who have come up through this digital age or have uh, grown during the digital age and found a presence through that, who then have stepped out on to the concrete and been like, I'm that bitch. And they're going to the bars and the bars are like, I still don't know who you are, Mm -hmm. but it's the politics that are getting them in there.
1: Yeah. And I've noticed, too, I also have stepped away uh, literally just because I live in another state now. Um, It was easier for me when I was in the office to just go see a show afterward. Um, A lot of what these baby queens don't know, and what's hard is you can't really get it without practice or just having the innate talent. Um, It's hard for them to talk on a microphone. You know, when you're doing these weekly bar gigs and you're the host, your job is to talk on a microphone. Yep. And that's a skill set that just isn't there for some of them. And they haven't had the opportunity to, to practice it. Um, but for those that just think that they can walk up on stage and hold our attention for an hour, plus, um, it's hard.
0: I, I agree. And and I really wish there was a little more um etiquette when it comes to um this new transition into this new world of mm-hmm. uh, uh drag artists, but we're here. This is what it is, and accept it or move out of the way yeah we are going to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart oh oh gosh on friday january 28th american teen princess will make its triumphant return to the laurie beachman theater yes american teen princess oh, um, yeah. give us give us the elevator pitch tell us what the show is about
1: oh yeah sure uh american teen princess is a drag parody of my favorite film and a queer camp classic, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which was a, oh God, 1999? 1999, 1999 uh, mockumentary about beauty pageants in Minnesota. And it starred a young Kirsten Dunst and uh, Allison Janney and um, Literally Amy Adams in her first movie role. So American Teen Princess. And and
0: Kirstie Alley, don't forget about her. Even though we hate her.
1: um, We hate her and she was once brilliant. Um, And and Denise Richards. Um, So yeah, this is is the first in my series of what I like to call Drag Me to the Movies. They are an hour-ish long parody of movies by drag queens, fully lip-synced. Uh, so it is It is very much like a, a children's theater piece in that once the track starts, the track starts and redo the show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Obviously, the first time the show happened was in BC time before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so last time the show hit the stage, the cast was a wee bit different. Wee. Who is returning? Who is new? And who are they borrowing the stilettos from?
1: Ooh, this is, so uh, I... I am back in the same role. So I play Kirstie Alley's character, of course. Um, I host the pageant. Um, Heidi Ho is back with us, who I dearly love and I've worked with several times since. Um, She is very smart and very professional and gets the humor. Uh, New to the cast that I'm very excited about uh, is Holly Box Springs, who is the current Miss Comedy Queen of New York City, Miss Big Adam's apple. Uh, She's playing Amber Atkins. Uh, Audrey Phoenix will be playing Denise Richards' role. Uh, So that'll be exciting to see the two of them. They're like two pageant girls going at each other. Uh, And then giving amazing comedy is Aria Derchi, who I've gotten to know very well from doing The Simpsons with them. Uh, And then Chola Spears, our current Miss Rockbar, will be doing uh, Amy Adams' role. And she is so smart. Like, I haven't worked with Chola that much. Um, I've just seen her in the iterations of Miss Rockbar. I'm very excited to see what she does to this show. Now, obviously,
0: the first iteration, you had a very specific cast. They were really great. They brought what they do to the show. Mm -hmm. Have you adjusted this iteration of the show for the new cast, or have you plugged them into um, the missing pieces?
1: So... They've plugged. They've been plugged in. The show is remaining the same, which is great because not a lot of people see saw it. We thought we were going to get more performances. Um, so the show itself is set the way I've written it. Um, the performers are doing different things. Uh, like so I, Holly, will a, doing, um, Holly will be doing. Holly will be doing reveals. Um, her track is a fun talent number at the end. The way the show works is, it's like you're at the pageant, so yeah. you see. Um, sort of everything on stage, a little bit of backstage and a fantasy moment. And then each girl gets a talent number. Um, And I've let them do that on their own. I said, here's the track, here's the character, go do what you will. Um, Chola Spears is gonna be doing like flips and cartwheels, like a little Ritzy Bits. Um, Oh, I didn't
0: know she could do it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I'm very excited. Um, Dancer first. Um, Ritzy Bits was like, please take the track that I made give it to the next person. Um, So I'm excited to see that. Aria Darci is gonna do all of her celebrity impersonations in the number uh, as um, Lisa Swenson. Um, So yeah, it's gonna be a little bit different. We've only had one rehearsal. We have another rehearsal coming up uh, with the whole cast together because it's been hard to gather everyone. Um, So I'm excited to see how different it is while still be in the same show.
0: What makes theatrical drag so special?
1: What makes theatrical drag so special? Well, I'm a theater kid. I went to school for theater. I did theater, I work in theater. I like it because it gives you time to connect with an audience. It Mm -hmm. gives you time to develop jokes in American Teen Princess. There are callback jokes. There are inside jokes. Um, There are songs that only people who know musical theater are gonna know. Sure. I'm very excited by the medium because it gives you more creative space as opposed to a three-minute mix in a bar.
0: You've given us the elevator pitch. You told us the facts, the the people, the things we need to know. But Mm -hmm. why should we come see your show?
1: Uh, You should come see my show because there is very little like it in New York. Mm -hmm. I was very inspired by Heidi Ho's First Ladies that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very few long form drag shows in New York that aren't specifically cabarets, people singing live. Um, you know, the amazing Miss Tina Burner's uh, live musicals, which are sung. Um, there's very few people who do live, full lip synced hour long shows. Um, you know, across the country, you'll see like Ginger Minge do um her parodies there's a lot of peaches christ out in san francisco um you should come see this one because if you love the movie you're gonna love the show if you don't know the movie you're gonna love the show and then go want to see the movie um and if you need to find it i can lend you my dvd because it's missing now um from all the streaming services uh but you should just come see it because it's a different kind of drag it's different now, have you
0: been at the Beachman since it's reopened? Do they still have risotto balls?
1: They still have risotto balls. They still have my Stomping on Blanc. Yes. Uh, I am very lucky to be one of the two hosts of Members Only Boylesque. Um, it's me and Miss Avita Loca. Uh, and the way we are doing it in the uh, DC, the during COVID times, is uh, we have a space down town called the Caveat where I've done a few of the shows, but she's gonna cover those shows. And then I'm going to be hosting the shows at Beachmen. So I've been very lucky to be back uh, just, just the once now in December for the Christmas show. And it was just lovely to be back in the space.
0: Yeah. Well, when it's officially announced, you will potentially be back to the Beachmen with a new show you are going to be calling Coco Taylor's A Real Drag. Tell us about this one woman show.
1: Yes. So it's not officially announced, but it's kind of on sale. I'll probably announce it soon. Um, Spin Cycle, our producing partners, have given me the amazing opportunity to have uh, two performance slots in February. Um, And part of it was thinking that I would do another one of these drag parodies, uh, Mm. forgetting that they take so much time to prepare. So I write them all. I... Uh, I put them into tracks. I put background video. So it takes me a long time. American Teen sure. Princess took me a good month. Um, so there will be another Drag Me to the Movies full cast parody. But in the meantime, I have uh, put together this one-woman show that I'm affectionately calling Coco Taylor's A Real Drag, R-E-E-L. Um, and it is a night of me skewering movies that made me gay. Naturally. So, naturally. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, this, this iteration, at least, is three different movies. Uh, I tell you exactly how they made me gay, and then I do these almost like 10-minute mini-musicals of each movie.
0: You clearly have a love that falls in the cross-section of theater, film, and drag. Mm-hmm. Are there any hard parts to marrying the different mediums into one piece?
1: Yes. So part of what I do is... I make these mixes, I make these shows, and I use either music from the film itself, or inspired by, or connected to. And then I use dialogue from the film. And one of the hard things is one, (laughs) finding everything. Yep. Don't tell the government, but I've done a lot of torrenting. Um, The other thing is balancing the funny, Mm -hmm. and the, true to the form you know i could do a really faithful recreation of you know some movie let's say romeo and juliet but that's not funny yeah making it fun it's like a snatch game it's like a snatch game exactly. you can either do it really true to form and be like an amazing impressionist or you could be funny and the amazing thing is being able to marry the two and that's the hard thing
0: Absolutely. All right. So we have a new segment here for this show. It's called just three things before the show. I asked you to send me three themes or topics, and now we're going to dive into those topics kind of just free form. We're just going to spitball, talk about what we want to talk about for each of them. Right. Um, I'll let you lead them and we're going to yeah. start off with, and it's a great segue uh, from what we just talked about, gay movies.
1: Gay movies. Oh, uh, so I, am going to tell this story in a real drag. So uh, be prepared to hear it twice. Um, but my local blockbuster, which is how you know how old I am, I'm pretty sure to this day was owned by a gay man. It was middle of California, farm country, and yet somehow had this amazing section of, I think, I think then it was called independent cinema. Of course. But on the shelves were uh, Trick, Cage, Broken Hearts Comedy Club, uh, all the like, the entire season of Queer's Folk on VHSs, um, all these things that were part of the gay cinema. and as somebody who had no gay role models and barely had dial-up internet, um, I rented all of these movies and watched them and learned and fell in love with all of these performers and stories. And um, to this day, I think that's what, you know dragged me to drag.
0: Now, I obviously want to hold on to the shows that are going to be included in this, sh- in this one. Mm-hmm. But give us what number four was.
1: Number four. Oh, one that did not work. Yeah. Um, uh, I tried so hard to make a league of their own work.
0: Okay, pretty gay movie. Pretty, pretty gay. gay
1: movie. Pretty gay.
0: Uh, I all for one and one for all are all American.
1: And there's already one song in it. So the way I also do it too, is there's always a hook. There's always something that ties it together. Um, And A League of Their Own was gonna be Madonna music Mm -hmm. because she has a song from the soundtrack, she's in it, like, what can we do? And then just the hard thing was A League of Their Own is such an ensemble piece. And I was gonna do these alone. I thought for a second of having like one other drag queen with me or like a male assistant to be in the show. but it just never end up working. So maybe that could end up being a full scale cast hey, one.
0: Listen, mate, I mean, there is that TV series coming down soon. There maybe it's a great tie in.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. A league of their own.
0: Now, gay movies nowadays, there are lots of them. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that has uh, been very controversial for some time is casting, you know, straight men in gay parts yeah. we're, we're veering away from that a little bit mm-hmm. um why is it such a difficult thing to cast gay actors in gay parts
1: um i think it's are they too le- gay they're too gay they're too gay no it's this leftover homophobia or business sense of hollywood saying that for middle america to come see a movie you have to put a straight actor in it. You can't have a gay person play a gay person because that's too close to home. Um, you know, it's the same way that in Hairspray, you can't have Edna being played by a woman because, you know, it, it's difficult to think of a, a, a woman being made fun of because she's large, being made fun of because she thinks she's ugly. Uh, you have a drag queen do it, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think if you had a gay person, a gay actor play a gay role, it's too close to home for some people. Maybe twenty years ago. Now, no, no, there's no reason not to. I mean, look at look at what's happened.
0: We 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 are having Christmas movies be gay themed
1: with with the with the very out and proud Michael Yuri playing a gay. Do you enjoy person.
0: single all the way?
1: I have not even seen it.
0: I'll tell you, it's fucking fake because it doesn't happen like that. <gasps> what? Who knew?
1: You mean no you got- family
0: gets Kathy and Jimmy and Jennifer Coolidge as a mother and an aunt? You don't get that. It's not real. No, no, brilliant. No. <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah, I was like, love does not happen like that. So screw you, people. Yeah. Now, now, do you have a favorite game movie of uh, the 21st century?
1: Oh, um, God! What is the 21st century? That, that's this decade or last decade? Mm-hmm. This one. This decade. This decade. Oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, what are the big... I mean, I liked Call Me By Your Name. Um, or the
0: I, animated remake Calamari By Your Name.
1: <laughs> Calamari. Um, Luca! Luca! No, you know what's a lovely movie? It's not gay per se, um, but my friend Michael wrote... Uh, this cartoon called the Mitchells versus the machines Mm -hmm. which came out on Netflix it didn't come out in theaters this year but he specifically made the main character who is sort of his like alter ego on screen although Michael is straight um as this sort of you know queer non-binary teenager um and it's not really it's it's not really talked about in the movie because it's just taken for granted and that's what she is and what they are and um it's really lovely and I've been talking to him about it and he says so many kids come up to him and thank him for making the movie all the like uh you know weird cinema loving teenagers who found themselves in this character katie um so yeah that's one of my favorites nice plug mitchell's versus machines
0: let's talk about topic number two and this is something that is uh, been an issue for me for many years Mm -hmm. um i've discussed it um at length many times and and um when it comes to you know the glam awards i have um not been vocal about it, but I've definitely been an advocate when people have been vocal. Mm-hmm. But I want, let, let's discuss your second topic, which is bar shows versus cabarets.
1: Mm. Because
0: um, that blurred line is really becoming blurred.
1: Yeah. It, it, especially when you think of the new programming that's being done in the queue, you know, uh, like I mentioned. Yeah,
0: because you call it a cabaret, it's not making a cabaret.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm new to the world. I will say that. I, I obviously come from the theater and I've been to cabarets and um, I have been to a few, I've been to the, to the 54 below and had a very expensive cookie plate. Um, There's a difference between a bar show that should technically happen spontaneously and you're prepared for it, but you come and you just, you know, do some numbers and talk to the audience versus a scripted thing that is happening for this hour that is about a specific topic and will happen the same, hopefully, each time
0: right and and i think that's the problem is the definition of cabaret is so loose that everyone's like well we can get away with it just based on like what the word means because technically according to the google when you uh, Ooh, uh-huh. from oxford languages entertainment held in a nightclub or restaurant while the audience eats or drinks at tables
1: huh very loose term very loose term and and i've I've certainly been to cabarets where I have not sat at a table and I was not given food. Um, I will say, thankfully, all my shows uh, at the at the Caveat and at the Beachman have had either food and or drink at tables. Um, I think that for me,
0: especially when it comes to the Glam Awards, and after this year, depending on how things happen, I may be a little more vocal about um, the adjustment of how things are run at the Glam Awards because it's really becoming... Um, Bullshit. Um, and I I think there needs to be a delineation of what the term cabaret is, because a cabaret is a curated, scripted piece of work, whether it is all music, theatrical, whatever, that is the that is what a cabaret is, as opposed to a bar show where you can have it weekly. That that there's a difference when it comes to nightlife. A cabaret is an event you go to, a bar show is a weekly occurrence, so something. That happens on a weekly basis, where you have the same host. That's not a cabaret. That's yeah. your that's your weekly show. That's your a weekly cabaret is show. when you go to Birdland or yeah. Fifty Four Below or The Beachman or Don't Tell Mama
1: in the back room. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. There's a difference. I will say so. So speaking in praise and defense of the Glam Awards, I think what is lovely about it is that it has grown so much and mm-hmm. is taken so seriously. Um, you know, just in the four years I've been going, uh, and now having been nominated, it's something people take very seriously. And it's something that, that can be very beneficial to a career. It's never detrimental, I feel like. Um, but it is a benefit to have that nominated, that winning. So it may be time for it to be more structured. I mean, Sherry does an amazing job running it all by herself. Um, but maybe it's time to look to, as as broken as it may be, uh, like the Tony Awards, where there's a nominated committee of impartial experts who. Pick, you mean how there think, was last year? Yeah, you know. And uh, while the nominations may be more uh, by committee based, the uh, the the awards themselves are voted by persons in the industry. All Absolutely. of the Tony Awards, um, so it becomes less a a who can I get my friends to nominate me and more of a what is being recognized for what it is. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've been very vocal. I I will make make no shade against them, but there's a difference between last year, Bob and Monet winning best podcast and potentially this year, Monet and Bunny winning best podcast. They don't need it. They don't need it. Their career is what there is. Me winning that podcast award, that launches me to a new place. I can go to places and pitch myself as an award-winning show. I need that, they mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. And, and the fact that it is in a public vote as opposed to my peer vote means that they can put out one tweet and destroy us all in a day.
1: Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. Uh, I, I absolutely love and adore Alexis Michelle. Uh, she just recently won the Broadway World Cabaret Award for mm-hmm. Drag Artist and Impersonator. Um, she don't need it. Uh, Alexis can sell out 54 Below doing one show, um, the other New York Queens that were on there, me, Sissy, um, it, it, it's harder for us, you know, I got to pull teeth to get people to come to show sometimes cause I don't have drag race on my, right. on my tagline. Um, so yeah, I think there are people who it would be better for them to have the credentials.
0: As I like to say, they don't go here. She doesn't even go here. All right. Topic number three, Broadway Today.
1: Broadway Today. Oh, gosh. What a state.
0: I um, don't know what Broadway Today is anymore because um, pre-COVID, post-COVID, during COVID, everything COVID-related has affected Broadway, mm-hmm. I think, so negatively. Mm-hmm. And I think the joy of what Broadway was diminishes by the second because we've taken all this time to to be retrospective and to think and to try to change and then see no change happen and then you see these voices get livid and taint the the um the the industry as they should be and still no change happens what what is going to make broadway come back to life
1: i think i think it's going to take more time than we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people, especially those outside the industry, forget what a slow-turning machine Broadway is. Because uh, at the end of the day, Broadway is not, you know, a, a, a monolith. It's individual people. It's, you know, Andre Bishop in charge at Lincoln Center Theater. It's, you know, these commercial producers like Matt Ross, who wants to bring a show to a to a theater. Um, so it's going to take longer. I think we are going to have to get past, and thankfully we do, the pandemic to where people feel comfortable coming to the theater and theaters are more full in order to have more chances taken. Um, I will say, I I think there are amazing things coming. Uh, I'm so excited for A Strange Loop to be coming to Broadway. Um, I, Recently saw Kimberly Akimbo down at the Atlantic Off-Broadway. If that would come to Broadway, I would absolutely go crazy uh, because it was one of the best shows I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, But the problem is when there's not a lot of shows going on, there's not a lot of people coming in, people are going to rely on the, uh, the standards and the surefire things. So there's no risk being taken.
0: Yeah, I, and I feel like that's what's going to happen. We're going to see probably for a while. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's some revivals coming in that we don't need revivals of. But to reinvigorate the audience to come back in, let's do another revival of Les Miserables. Oh, God.
1: I've avoided it so far. Please, please don't make me avoid another production. But you,
0: but you know what I mean? It's like we're going to get those things that are Broadway yeah. Yeah. as opposed to those things that are challenging the future mm-hmm. of theater.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't here for it, but I hear it was very similar to after 9-11, where people were afraid to come to New York, and they needed just surefire things, and I mean, I love the show, but one of the reasons we got Mama Mia, and Mama Mia had such staying power, was right after 9-11, people just wanted to go to the theater, clap, dance in the aisle, yeah. and then
0: I mean, I, remember, I told the story recently on the podcast about um, how after 9-11, there was going to be the revival of Into the Woods, yeah. originally starring Billy Porter as the witch. Mm-hmm. 9-11 happened. That's too crazy. Have a man play a witch. No, no. no. Vanessa Williams goes in. Yep. Um, it, it felt right. That's why it was cast and the show did fine um but yeah you're right things we're gonna have that for a while and you're gonna have these celebrities come in for little stints Mm -hmm. um and and it is what it is but I think the bigger picture is we're still not taking care of the people who are making the theater
1: yeah yeah It, it it astounds me to this day that artists have to live in between shows especially seeing over the last two years when there are no shows going on, what do they fall back on? Um, playwrights, you know, live on commissions to do shows, but there's no living wage for them between shows. Right. Um, there's not a lot in this country, as opposed to other countries with national arts programs that sustain artists between their shows
0: hard it's really really hard and i don't know what the right answer is but yeah. um when you have someone who's like you know the, the the ruler of the broadway saying ah you have terrible swings in understudies and that's why the show's uh, not, good. Uh, yeah, uh, not gonna look not a good look i think she needs a good design look. not She's a good design look. yeah resign because uh, you're not even a theater person
1: marina i'm not a theater person
0: if there is one jukebox musical that you wish could come to broadway <sighs>
1: Oh, uh, Why do you have to bring this up? There's one, there's one that already exists. Mm-hmm. And I saw years ago at the Atlantic Theater Company, 10 mm-hmm. uh, Million Miles, the Patty Griffin musical.
0: Did you mention it on the podcast last time? Did I mention it?
1: Yes, you did. Oh my God, I'm obsessed apparently. Yes, it's, you are. It's, it's forgotten. I mean, it was Matthew Morrison. Um, I forget who the younger woman was. But Patty Griffin's music is so good and descriptive and storytelling already. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll give you a new answer then. So that's my that's okay, my okay, plug. Um, the other hard thing is you can't find it. You have to go bootleg it. There's no cast album. Um, it existed in our minds. Um, the new one that I think should happen. I'm I'm tired of jukebox musicals being the story of the artists. Sure. Um, you know we've had Donna, we've had Cher, we have had Tina. I am going to see her in March in concert for the first time. Uh, I would love a musical using the music of Reba McIntyre. Oh, Call it not, fancy. Call it fancy. I mean, if you want to tell the story of that through Reba's music, you can definitely yeah. do it. Because Reba's life isn't, I mean, she's had, a, she's had a wonderful career, but it's not dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not groundbreaking. Um, so instead of doing the story of Reba do something else with the music of Reba. I'm here
0: for it. I can, I can, I can, I can see that now, obviously um, Michael Jackson is going to officially appear soon. Yep. He's, he, he's here. Yep. Um, we, we've, we've got something in DC um, with Brittany
1: mm-hmm. that
0: I'm sure will happen at some time. Yeah. Um, it's the jukebox musical is not going away.
1: No, no. And, and you know, I think I said, I may have said this last time. It was four years ago, forgive me. But the jukebox musical is not a, or the movie musical as well, is not a form to be derided point blank. Right. Uh, musicals have been based on other medium for its entire exactly. history. I, I, um, I will be the first advocate of that. Yep. The only problem is it has to be done well. You, right. you have to transform it, you have to think about it. It has to serve a purpose instead of just, oh, people like this artist or like these songs, so let's put them into a musical.
0: Like North Country?
1: Like Girl from the North Country, like, uh, um, oh God, what was the Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville, oh God. Which was just shoehorning songs in the situation right. so that you can use Cheeseburger in Paradise. Um, yeah so that's it yeah. all right um, so listeners
0: we always do tea time but mm-hmm. I think it's time for a second round of tea time <gasps> a second cup of tea in this game you are going to once again spill the tea on some of your favorite sisters friends collaborators enemies the list is endless some are new since your last time oh. others are your second chance to spill some new tea
1: wonderful
0: we are gonna start off with who we left off with last. Witty Repartee.
1: Witty Repartee. So Witty and I have actually uh, grown as friends because we have judged Miss Rockbar together uh, in the three seasons that have followed me. So I've had plenty of time to get to know Witty. Um, Witty is one of my oldest friends. Uh, Not no, just wh- by age. Not just by age. Uh, No, Witty and I have similar views of drag because we are a bit older ourselves. Um, I have not been doing it as long as Witty has, but we don't chase after those bar shows. We're happy to get the gigs Mm -hmm. that we do. Um, But what I love about Witty, and this is not tea, this is just praise, is everything that she does is with a tinge of charity and social work. Everything she does, she rarely does anything for money. She does it for money for a good cause. Um, well, I hope and-
0: in 2022 she does it for a good cause called Block Talk.
1: Oh, because she has not been back yet. She was after me, right?
0: Uh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I'm just
1: saying money-wise. Give me money, oh, people. Oh, give me money. Let's, let's do a fundraiser. A telethon. I would love to do a telethon with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what he Repartee. All
0: right, next up is Bella Noche. Bella Noche. I haven't seen Bella in so
1: long. Now, uh, you know, this is,
0: doing- the listeners, I don't know. I may be starting gossip and drama here. Did they break up? I don't
1: know. I, I, I will say I have not been, so part of uh, me not seeing Bella is her moving to Long Island, me mm-hmm. moving to New Jersey. We have gone two separate ways. Um, I also am not at my desk, so I'm not literally on Facebook and Instagram as much as I used to be. So I don't even keep up. So I have any, I don't know. My tea on Bella would be, uh, I recently saw that she started an OnlyFans. Oh! Um, you could check her Instagram. Uh, she has an OnlyFans um, with new- Not context. an OnlyFans. Not an OnlyFans. That would be a good pun for you, Bella, to use. Um, but I'm just really interested to see what- happens on the only fans so far she's had a i think it's free to sign up uh but she's had like a, a cooking video with someone she's going to do makeup tutorials um i'm just wondering if the breastplate is going to come out for a little uh sneaky pete nudie pooty little moment
0: is there any drag artists in new york they wish had, had only fans
1: oh god i shouldn't say i'm a married woman um who is, you know who's very attractive mm-hmm Jax okay. Jax I'd be I mean, just a, a beautiful boy um, uh, in shape from all the flipping um, and I think I think would also be very creative on an OnlyFans would come up with new co- collaborations and um, yeah Jax if you're listening I'm sorry Uncle Coco's not being a pervert I'm just saying <laughs> you're very attractive
0: all right next up is Wendy Waxwood
1: Wendy Waxwood, I I adore Wendy. I don't get to see Wendy that often. Um, she was the first person I thought of when I moved to New Jersey, and I said, "Oh my God, I can go to Asbury Park. Let me talk to Wendy." Um, Wendy, let me think. Oh, so this is this is some tea from when we did the show down in Asbury Park, which I would love to do again next summer. Because um, the amazing thing is the paradise. And the Empress gives you a hotel room as part of your pay, which is like a free vacation for me. Absolutely. Um, But when we did drag bingo, she, uh, I mean, she has her crowd there. They know her. Uh, So I feel like she felt comfortable doing this. Um, But she did the ladies who lunch. Mm -hmm. um, And she specifically did the Emily Skinner version from the um, Hal Prince review. And I remember just sitting there on stage going, like, people are into this. But I'm sitting there going, it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday in Asbury Park. Do people want Ladies Who Lunch? But they did, apparently. And they were rising when she said rise. And they were holding their drinks up. And uh, it was a good time. Nice. All right, next up is Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho. Heidi, 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 Heidi Ho. Heidi is... Uh, uh, a dear friend now. I have done uh, a Saturday with her and my, my dear, dear DJ J Club Glam Award uh, winner um, over at Pieces. Um, and what I love about Heidi is she knows her audiences. She's a, oh, I don't want to say a workhorse, um, but she's a workhorse. So she'll come into Pieces. She will do four hours of drag uh, leave it all on the floor and then the minute she's off stage she's like great that was good let's wrap up our money and go yep. like she knows how to do a show um T wise oh I will say this her apartment mm-hmm. is as not as organized as I would normally have mine I went over hey, fair. It, it, I went over one time Uh, in the before times to Scott was going to do hair for me. Uh, And I dropped off some hair and then had a conversation. And I, you know, that meme of Hillary Clinton walking into that apartment in like Harlem or maybe it was the Bronx. That was me. Cause Heidi lives everywhere in that apartment in addition to Scott and his hair. Mm -hmm. So I walked in and I was like, Oh, there!" like Coco Taylor lives in a tiny closet. um Yeah. In a museum here in my in my house, Heidi Ho lives across that entire apartment. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's livable. I mean, Heidi is everywhere. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, she does so many gigs too, and she you mm-hmm. know lives in Hell. Not not to give away her location, but she lives in Hell's Kitchen, so she's just walking out the door. So she's yeah. got to be ready to go. Well, let's discuss
0: her drag daughter, Aria Dercy.
1: Aria Dirchi. Oh God, Aria is so weird in the best mm-hmm. way. Um, I remember first seeing Aria come do Miss Rock Bar, either the first or second time she did, and did all I forget what the song is from, but that song Carousel, is it from Jacques Brel? Jacques Brel's Alive,
0: and well, and Jacques Brel's alive and well and Living in Paris. From um, Jacques
1: Brel's Alive Well and Living in Paris, which I saw the last revival of at the Zipper, the, the Dearly Departed Zipper Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her do Carousel from Jacques Brel, and I'm like, who does this? I agree. And then does it so well that people get into it and love it in a bar competition, which, I mean, if there's any bar competition to do it in, it's Miss Rock (laughs) Bar um, because that place is so zany and eclectic. Um, What can I say about Aria Darci? Um, She's so serious about her work and about her art. We came back and did the Simpsons again after the pan or, you know, after the shutdown, we should say. And we were doing the Simpsons again. And it was sort of like putting on an old pair of gloves and doing the show. We had one rehearsal beforehand and she was freaking out backstage because she had not shaved the back of her neck for the Bart wig and was freaking out. It was like, what can we do? Can we pull it down? Do I, does anybody have a razor to do it? And I'm like, girl, it's a Simpsons." drag show. They're going to like you no matter what. No one's paying attention to the back of your neck. But she took it very seriously and that's I think uh what makes her so good. She takes she takes everything she does very seriously.
0: True. How about some tea on Pussy Willow?
1: Pussy Willow. Uh my 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 favorite, second favorite, third favorite. Um don't tell my Simpson's children. Um Pussy Willow is the kindest person I know literally calls to check in. Um, I, another one that I'm like, you take your art very seriously. Um, like, you have moments and beats behind things. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any tea on pussy. I don't really. Nothing, nothing, nothing incriminating or anything like that. All right,
0: all right. No tea, fine. Let's yeah.
1: get some tea on Andy Starling then. Oh, Andy Starling. Andy is um another corporate drone like me, um, and I love to work with them and like leave our day jobs, working in, uh, you know, fashion for him and theater for me, and then uh go put on dresses and be be pretty little queens. I shouldn't say little. We're both we're both tall. Um. Andy Starling, I feel like I'm gonna say this about every Simpsons actor, but they're very serious. Andy, uh, uh, once there was like a prop misplaced during the show and like was freaking out. And again, I'm like, nobody knows it's gonna be missing, but you, if you go out without, you know, um, uh, cigarette, bouquet for the wedding no one's gonna know except for you because nobody else has seen the show before um but the great. actor inside it's the actor inside you, you don't lose your prop i think we ended up finding it but um yeah i just adore andy and again a vintage queen who appreciates the the olden days that we may or yeah. may not have been alive for all right sissy walking. let's hear it sissy walking. sissy <laughs> Sissy is somebody who has such an amazing mind for drag, and one of the reasons why I I got inspired to do the shows that I do is because she, you know, had the idea for The Simpsons. I and I here's the tea. I shouldn't say had the idea for The Simpsons. I should say had the 1,000 ideas for The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, editing down Sissy Walken is one of the hard things. I remember we came back from from not doing The Simpsons and did it again down at The Caveat and it's a new space and we're trying to do it. And um, we're trying to make it work, theater work style. And, um, you know, the audience is about to come in. We have like five minutes to set things. And she goes, oh, we should do something new for the opening. And I'm like, Sissy, no, no new ideas. The show's in five <laughs> minutes, no. And it, we thankfully ended up not doing it, um, but that's my, well, that's that's a good my idea. It, it was, if we had at the time, it was gonna be a okay. chorus line reference at the opening and we're gonna have okay. our headshots become their headshots. And um, it was, next it was time. great, next time. I always like to say with these things, uh, when we do the Broadway version, that's what will yeah. we'll happen.
0: All right, what do you got on Miss Audrey Phoenix?
1: Miss Audrey Phoenix. Um, probably one of the uh, uh, Marvel fans to rival myself. Um, she's one of the reasons I have not done a Jean Grey look yet, is because she has done it so well. Um, Audrey, what's my tea on Audrey? I will say, now that she's out of her day job, it's harder to get a hold of her. Really? Yeah. What? Like I, I with this American Teen Princess cast, because everyone's in different places. Or um, oh, that's my other tea on Aria Darchi. Get a phone, girl. she she does not either she i forget if she doesn't have a phone or doesn't have a phone plan right now so you have to get her when she has wi-fi it's the it's a whole Michigas. um so getting the american teen princess i literally send out a message on a group to a text message a facebook messenger and an instagram dm all at the same time and say i know you're going to see this multiple times i just (laughs) um So getting a hold of Audrey Phoenix has been fun. She technically hasn't come to rehearsal yet because she wasn't available for the last one. Um, So we're going to have her first rehearsal on Monday um, and plug her into the show, which will be fun. She's my daughter.
0: What kind of tea has changed on Misty Mountains?
1: Misty Mountains. Misty Mountains. You know what I've learned about Misty Mountains? Misty Mountains is a dirty, dirty whore. In the best possible way. Yes. Um, I've done a couple of brunches with Misty at La Pulperia and had the best time. But one time I came in and she's like, yeah, you know, I uh, I had a show in the Bronx. And I'm like, one, I'm in the Bronx? Okay, great. Um, but she's like, I had a dick appointment on the way there. And I couldn't decide if I was going to stay in drag or not. And that's when I realized, oh, oh, you are a single lady out on the town, whereas I am not. That's something you have to consider that I have never considered in my life. True. Well, good for you. Good for you.
0: All right, next up, um, cause a little controversy the first go around. You have your chance to cause more controversy or redeem yourself. Give me some tea on London's own Harry Grande. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God, what did I say last time? I didn't get that. You term. called her, you
0: said um, she is um, like, has stage fright, like, or afraid before oh, the show and then yes, has yes, confidence. Yes, 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 yes. And she yes. took offense to that, remember?
1: Yeah, and she took offense to that. And you know what? I, I, I will stand by it then. I, that's how I felt about how, I will say that is not there anymore. Uh, there is nothing more confident than a Harry Grande um (laughs) i think that's just i don't know she wasn't new to drag then but i think she was finding her footing and between like her uh her regular uh bingo shows and hosting the bears shows, she found her place she found her footing i never once again saw a nervous harryola grande never again Mm -hmm. did i get a call of like oh i don't know if i should do this number i don't know how it's not. more like I'm doing this. I'm what doing do you think? Number... If you don't like it, yeah. screw
0: you. I do only with, asking whether you like it or
1: not. Very Hedwig. Very Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: this one's gonna we're gonna group it. Uh, members, okay. only bo- members
1: only, boylesque. Members only, boylesque, because it changes so much. No, I will say. So the two co-founders, Milo Pony and Twinkie Boots. Um, I dearly, dearly love them. I'm so glad they brought me into this world. It's one of the reasons I have a home at the Beachmen. Um it's one of the reasons I get to see somebody butts all the time. Because um, I don't know if, I, if you've been there when I have told this joke. Um, I never get to see their acts. Um, right. I'm always backstage. so Their I acts or ass? Both. No, I get to see their ass. I never get to see the front of the, of the numbers. Sure, sure. I only see the back. Um, so I, I, I would really dearly love to see how they look from the front. Um, what's the T? Um... Let's see, Milo Pony. Um, I don't think I have anything on Milo. Um, I will say my my tea on Twinkie, and I told him this. Um, he has many drag friends. Yeah. He has been in drag a few times. Mm-hmm. The last couple of times we've done the show, he has worn a foundation that is um quite a bit lighter than what he is mm-hmm. uh and the first time he did it, it it was a christmas show so i thought he was doing like a snowman thing uh but no it was because it it, he had a very pale face and tanned body um but it was not that so uh, i i'm not the person i am terrible at makeup i barely am able to do what i do um but if anybody would like to take twinkie out for some shopping and get him a, a new foundation and color match.
0: Hey, take a trip down to Crylon, Go talk to Tim.
1: Go, go talk to Tim and he'll, he'll get you set up.
0: All right. Next up, the, the original host of Members Only Boy Lesk, the queen of the drag race, Jackie Cox.
1: Oh, you mean drag race is Jackie Cox? Yeah. Oh, Aunt Jackie. My favorite Aunt Jackie. Jackie has been sort of like a fairy godmother. Um, I, I am, it's gonna sound terrible. I'm actually happy that she got on Drag Race and um, stopped doing members-only boylesque. only in that it gave me more opportunities to host. And sure. I've really gotten to get my footing in that world. Um, I miss her dearly. She is, again, one of the smartest queens I know. She is somebody who can put together a cabaret, a proper cabaret with a theme and an idea um, Aunt Jackie, um, I don't think I have much tea, although I will say, so here's the tea on Jackie. Um, right, but right after she came back from Drag Race, we did a photo shoot for members only. Uh, so we'd have stock photos of us all together to do yeah. promos and stuff. Uh, and it was out at the photographer, Michael Kraft's house here in New Jersey before he moved down, down South. Um, so I got into like half drag and then gone on a bus with Tweaking and Milo to New Jersey. Uh, and I should have pretty, pretty ready to go. Jackie Cox comes in, no makeup on, bag of Popeye's and first finishes her meal. And then gets into drag, and I guess because it had been just when she was on Drag Race and had been used to getting ready very quickly in weird spaces, um, she went into a bedroom in uh, Michael Kraft's house slash studio, and then like 45 minutes later, there's a face on, a beautiful like drag makeup face. Uh, And so my tea on her is, I should have asked her for some Popeyes as well because I was very hungry. Uh, (laughs) But I'm just shocked that she was able to do that yeah drag race helps you i've heard that i've heard that it all would right. never be me but yes
0: all right let's hear it, some tea on current reigning
1: miss rockbar chola spears chola spears um what's my tea what can i tell about chola uh chola did consistently well over the whole season of miss rockbar Mm -hmm. Um, both, and I think what I try to tell the girls, uh, and I think the competition is very good at being frank about is we are scoring as witty likes to say, not judging. We are scoring you on the shows that you do on stage and we have an audience vote, Mm -hmm. one to help the bar with sales so that people just don't come and watch and not drink. Uh, but also to see if you can bring people. Because like I said before, it, it's not the first show you do. It's the second, third, fourth um, that really proves yourself. So Chola did an amazing job on both presenting amazing shows and numbers on stage, uh, but also bringing friends, coworkers, other drag queens. There were more sugar daddies, people, sugar daddies you know, to buy drinks for people. Um, and that's what really did it was her bringing people to to support her um yeah she wanted it she knew what she had to do uh she prepared she planned and so far so good i mean she's been doing an amazing job uh in the few few shows and weeks that she's had and she's ready to get very very um involved uh and jump in next up is maybe the longest
0: tenured miss rock bar victoria williams
1: (laughs) victoria williams yeah she got a she got a whole bonus year. Um, Victoria Williams. I, I have had the great pleasure of, uh, she hosted Miss Rockbar this year, so I got to sit and judge. Um, the, the tea is that there were a few uh, scary moments when we thought I would have to host and judge because Victoria is, she's never been late, but she was right on time. Like, She would walk in with her boyfriend Jim and the show was supposed to start at 8 and it's 8.01 and she walks in and says, okay, let's go. And I'm like, but we have to sit down and we have to talk and she would also bring a salad each time. Like she would bring dinner with her and then sit and eat it while the show was going on. Um, So I guess that's my tea on her. She's she's not late. She's right on time.
0: Right on time. All right, we're going to end it with how could we leave out Nicole Anoscopy?
1: Nicole God, I miss that booger. That like, she is, you don't guess it by looking at her. Because I will say, I love her makeup. She started doing hair now. She has amazing wigs. She's thriving in Oregon, which I hate because I hate that she's not here. She's a weirdo. Oh, yeah. If you get to know Nicole outside of the shows and sometimes in her shows she's a weirdo yeah i mean her her mixes should tell you that yeah when she does the the kentucky fried chicken and a pizza hut fast food medley with the dance moves and she tries Mm -hmm. to make everyone do it you just go who are you and you love it but it just doesn't make sense with the way she looks and that's what that's that's called camp and that's called
0: camp We all change, but sometimes it takes the people around us to really note that change. We are going to do a segment called Friendly Encounters. I've asked a couple of your pals to send me a little message about how they've seen you change since the last time you were here. Oh, my God. Welcome
1: to your life. Um,
0: (laughs) I have them. I'm going to let you pick the order. So do you want number one, two, three or four?
1: Let's go with number three.
0: Okay, number three. This is from Twinkie Boots. Oh. This is what I have to say about Coco Taylor. When I say she is still the same bitch, she always was. I mean, to say she entered the drag scene in New York with the same energy and drive that she still has to this day and has always been one of the most reliable, professional, congenial, helpful, and fun queens to work alongside in nightlife. Coco has always strived to elevate herself. And what I've witnessed in the years since she started to is just that ease and effortlessness on the mic polish and precision in her makeup and costumes and has some of my favorite mixes of any of the New York Queens. I've gotten to watch Coco go from competition queen at the West end and rock bar to hosting members only boy monthly shows. And it's been a joy to be part of. She's funny. She's smart and she will have your back and vouch for you if you are a good people. So I love her.
1: Oh my God. That's so sweet. Yeah. Now I feel terrible about the tea I spilled on her. <laughs> That's why I keep this after. Oh. Um, all right, number
0: uh, one, two, or four. What Let's go want? for two. Number two is from the colonoscopy.
1: All the way from I've,
0: Oregon? I've always admired her ability to marry theater and drag so beautifully. She's always known who Coco is and has stayed true to it. She's so professional, smart, and her mixes are just brilliant. She's always been so kind and her support has always meant so much to me. I am proud to be your Miss Rock Bar sister.
1: Oh, well, that's adorable, too. I'm glad I didn't say too much bad about her.
0: One or, one or four. Where are we going? Oh, God, we're going to for four.
1: All
0: right. This is from Woody Repartee. Oh, God. I met Coco Taylor when she was a contestant in the second season of the Miss Rock Bar Contest. I've seen her grow from a raw performer, though one with creativity and passion into someone who is confident, funny and camp. She can take the temperature of an audience and know exactly which number will work next and draw from her arsenal of brilliant, witty, perfectly camp and yet still modern mixes to deliver. She's unafraid to take chances to play scenes and is at ease as an MC or a single number guest star and makes everyone glad that she's in the room.
1: Okay, that, that was very sweet. I am surprised, I mean, you've done the same. I'm, I'm surprised she did not uh, complain about my, me not live singing. <laughs> That's Woody's number one complaint about me.
0: hmm And finally, number one. Number one. Harry LaGrande.
1: <gasps>
0: Coco Taylor, where should I start? Please stop doing drag. No, <laughs> seriously. You have been an amazing support throughout my drag journey. And I thank you for that, as well as some of my first opportunities. I'm so proud to see how you've progressed and enamored at how your creativity keeps on expanding to new projects. You continuously push yourself further and further. I hope I'm still doing that when I'm 45 too. Love you sis kisses.
1: God, I hate her. God, I hate her so much. I I feel like I just blew out the sound system laughing at that. (laughs) Oh God. I wanted to
0: do this because again, this, this podcast is bringing my guests back and I can take note of what I've seen my guests do, but, it, but there is, there are so many other people who have seen my guests grow. And I think it's kind of special to hear what um, everyone has to say about you.
1: Okay. That was lovely. And thank you so much. I feel like I really should quit drag now. Cause now I'm like on the high and like people like me and I've just gotten the legend award and I should just leave. Um, and I say, continue it. And whoever i know that you do next i want in all
0: right we'll see i mean i the the second i got heriolas she's like when are you booking me i was like fuck (laughs) you i can't afford the
1: i can't afford the international data i can't exactly
0: exactly all right well we're still going to do fan corner so i got two fan corner questions for you Fan corner this is from chola spears (gasps) what are some mistakes you feel queens make during their come-up years
1: hmm Oh, there could be, so during their come up years, especially, I will say uh, there's two sides. There is um, not taking opportunity that's given to you. If there is a charity gig, if there is a guest spot, if it doesn't pay that much, if, you know, um, you don't think it's, if you think it's below you and you don't take it, that's an opportunity lost. That's somebody who did not see you. That's somebody who did not get to work with you. Uh, The flip side of that is not knowing your worth. Mm -hmm. Queens who are taking uh, tip spots for shows that don't have tips, queens that are doing um, any number of things that are below you as an artist, um, that will set you back as well. I always say, so this is uh, Mr. Taylor's rule of three. Uh, A gig can either grow your fan base, pay well, or be fun. Mm -hmm. And for you to make it worth your while, it has to have two of the three. Yeah. Very few gigs will have all three. Some will have none. As long as you have at least two of the three, it's worthwhile. Absolutely.
0: This is a question from Ari and Urchi. Can you elaborate on your faith?
1: Oh, yes. So I think this comes from, uh, we had a rehearsal, Aria was not there because she was still in Indiana, Uh, but we just had a rehearsal for uh, American Teen Princess and we had free space available to us to rehearse in at my church. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have gone to a Lutheran church down in the East Village for about 10 years now. Uh, I'm actually the church council president uh, and is also where Mr. Taylor works. My faith, I will say, is fluid, as it should be. It goes in and out. Uh, What I like about where I go is the community and the routine of being there every Sunday. It's super progressive, super queer-friendly, if not just queer-forward. And I... Never, I'm quite sure of what that means for a relationship with uh, God, Goddess, whoever's up there. Uh, but it means a lot to me in my life to have it.
0: Awesome. Look at you, aria Dirty. Are there any other um, queens of faith that you know of?
1: Yeah, um, actually, Candy Samples, mm-hmm. um, another uh, charity queen, uh, she is an uh, Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I am Lutheran and we are sisters, those two religions. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I know Marty, Marty Gold Cummings, the honorable, um, uh, oh God, what, what is the, um, verified? Our, uh, Marty Gold Cummings goes to um, um, Middle Collegiate, which is uh, a friend sister church of ours. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, maybe I should just start a show. There you like, go. You know, Protestant queens. I'll do all Amy Grant um, <laughs> and maybe like one Tammy Faye.
0: All right, all right, all right. Yeah. So you know how this works. We, we're, I usually have my previous guests ask my current guests a question, but we're going yes. to do something different. We're going to have you answer the question you asked my next guest. Oh. This is a question from Coco Taylor from 2018. Oh my gosh. I don't know who that is anymore. You've been on the show. So we're going to see how you do. Okay. If you could go back to a pivotal point in your life, what would you tell yourself? That's the question you asked. So I want Coco to answer it now. Kind of crazy for that to be the question to ask now.
1: Yeah. Um, I I am so glad I've had the journey I've had If I could go back to when I first moved to New York, I actually wish that I had started drag earlier. Mm -hmm. I started it so late. I'm, I'll say it now, I'm 38 now. I started four years ago when I was 34. If I was in my 20s, I'd have the time to, you know, go to all the bar shows and try to get a weekly gig and, you know, hit the pavement running. Um, now I really have to be selective, which is why I love doing the, the theater and the cabaret shows. Um, but if I was back when I first moved to New York, I I would have jumped in feet first. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. Well, again, you've been on the show before. You know what I do. I ask, you tell. Well, now you get the chance to ask me anything.
1: Mm, Michael Block. Michael, Michael Block talk. Uh, First question: um, How do you like your Taylor ham?
0: Oh, I am very, very different than everybody else. I do not get egg on my sandwich. It's only <gasps> ham and cheese. What? Taylor ham, Taylor ham and cheese on a scoop out sesame. I don't like fried egg. Okay. Okay. And when you go to most delis, they only do it. With fried Fried. egg. Yeah. yeah, And I don't feel like ever asking for scrambled eggs because it always gets messed up and I don't like how they do it, blah, blah, blah. So I only do Taylor ham and cheese.
1: Taylor ham and cheese on a scooped out sesame. Mm -hmm. I'm going to order that and I'm going to call it the Michael Block. I'm going to try it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my second question, which is uh, not serious at all. If you were producing a drag version of Fantasmic, Who's your dream Mickey?
0: Like, so this is lifting the actual show Phantasmic. You are, you are doing
1: the full 20 minutes of Phantasmic using all drag artists playing every part. Yeah, maybe it happens uh, here in the city. Um, the pivotal role is of course Mickey Mouse. Who plays Mickey? Nicole Nicolonoscopy.
0: Stupid, crazy.
1: Yeah. I can just see her with the arms. With the arms bum, shooting bum, out sparkler. Yeah. Bringing up the water. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's yep. her. There you go.
0: Well, who do you want to see come back on for a block talk back?
1: Who do I need to hear from again? I would say I would like to, you know, I want to hear from Nicole. Okay. I feel like she's at a crazy, time i mean look at her she's booed up with a weatherman in oregon <laughs> yeah um taking the world by storm out there and doing shows and winning titles i want to know what that's like
0: all right well i'll reach out to nicole hariel will be pissed that you didn't say her but it's Harriola. of course she'll
1: be back at some point again i cannot afford the international data come back
0: <laughs> where can we find you on social media venmo and any more projects
1: you want to plug Wonderful. Uh, you could find me at Coco Taylor NYC because I have not changed the handle, though I don't live there anymore. Uh, that's C O C O T A Y L O R N Y C on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can find me doing American Teen Princess at the end of January, uh, and Coco Taylor's a real drag. In addition to a members-only Lask in February. And tickets are available at SpinCycleNYC.com. That's SpinCycleNYC.com.
0: Well, there is going to be a lot more from you, I'm sure. And I think this is a good kickoff to the series. I'm excited to continue it with more guests. Thank you for being number one. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to hear more. The biggest thanks to Coco for coming back. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at teenandthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.